ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم اما بعد we continue with our lessons in the blessed month of Ramadan and as we know this is a virtuous time and Allah Azawajal has favored us by allowing us to reach this blessed virtuous time and it is important that we take full advantage of the opportunities that are afforded to us all in this blessed month of Ramadan to do as much as we can of good and strive hard with staying away from that which is displeasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have a narration here on the authority of Abdullah bin Abbas radiyallahu anhuma an al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annahu qal ikhtanam khamsan qabla khams shababak qabla haramik wa sihhatak qabla saqamik wa ginak qabla faqrik wa faragak qabla shugalik wa hayatak qabla mawtik rawahu al-hakim Abdullah ibn Abbas may Allah be pleased with him and his father he narrated that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he stated take advantage of five things before five things come take advantage of five things before five things come and he mentioned take advantage of your youth before your elderly age and take advantage of your health before your sickness and take advantage of your richness before your poverty and take advantage of your free time before becoming preoccupied and take advantage of your life before your death so here the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned five important matters that we as Muslims we must take advantage of, especially during times like Ramadan. Take advantage of your youth before your elderly age. Without a doubt, a person being in a youth is a special time of life.
A person in their youth, this is a special time of life for the youth is energetic, the youth is strong, the youth has zeal, and other than that. So the Prophet وسلم, is directing the youth to take advantage of their youth in doing good before the state of being an elder. And you're not able to do the good you used to do at the time you was a youth. Unfortunately, a lot of the youth, they waste their youth on that which doesn't bring about benefit. They involve themselves in things that later they will be regretful of. So it's important for the elders in the community, the imams, the fathers, the counselors and the likes, to advise the youth. To advise the youth with this advice of the Prophet ﷺ to take advantage of their youth. And especially if we are individuals who we wasted our youth. And we see the bad results of wasting our youth. So we already lived through it. So now it's upon us to prevent any other youth from going through what we already went through. Why do they have to go through what we already went through and we already know the outcome? So it was important as elders in our Islam and imams and fathers and counselors and uncles and just being bigger brothers or big brothers to the younger brothers, it is important that we advise them of the pitfalls and the obstacles in the way of the youth in this day and time. And don't feel that the youth are not going to listen. Allah is the guide. Our duty and responsibility is to convey the message. Whoever accepts it, alhamdulillah. If they don't accept it, then we have done that which is upon us to do. But sometimes we as the elder uh, people in the community, we turn away from advising the youth because of the perception that they're not going to accept the advice. You'd be surprised, you have many youth wishing that we would just reach out to them. And sometimes they are too embarrassed to come to us and ask for advice and help and direction and guidance. You can just look at some of the youth, they're crying for help. Especially those youth from our communities who lack fathers in their homes. And they don't have a good uh, male role model in the home. We have to fill that void. That's a part of the brotherhood in Al-Islam. That's a part of community life in Al-Islam. You know, in the Prophet ﷺ, when you look at him and how he was with the youth, the Prophet loved the youth ﷺ. The Prophet used, look what the Prophet said, Ya ma'shar al-shabab. مَنْ اسْتَطَاعَ مِنْكُمُ الْبَعَ فَيَتَزَوَّجُ Oh youth, whoever from amongst you has the ability to get married, then let him get married. Look how the Prophet addressed the youth specifically. Look how the Prophet ﷺ encouraged the youth to be upon good, 
when he mentioned that one of the types of people that will be under the shade of Allah on the day when there is no shade, a youth who grew up in the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A youth, he grew up in the worship of Allah. Another example from the same hadith, a person whose heart is connected to the masjid. We mention these things to the youth to encourage the youth to have love for being in the masjid and being around the Muslims. I myself accepted Islam at 16 years old. And you can imagine the trials and tribulations for a new Muslim at the age of 16 in the South Bronx. Alhamdulillah, there were some older brothers that constantly were advising me. Constantly calling me to come to the masjid Even helping me out with employment And other than that And this by the permission of Allah It helped me to stay on the right path for the most part And of course there's going to be mistakes that you're going to make as a youth But alhamdulillah I was a Muslim and I was going to the masjid And I remember when I first went to the masjid In the Bronx Because I didn't take my shahada there but the masjid was in my old neighborhood and I, I moved back there and when I remember coming to the masjid and the imam seen me and he grabbed his, his wife at the time and he said he made it and I didn't understand what was the significance of him saying he made it and he just kept saying he made it, he made it and then later on he had explained to me that there were so many youth who had took shahada but never came to the masjid after that they would just disappear, you would never see them again you know, so it's important, barakallahu feekum, especially when we have new shahadas, people who accept Islam and they are youth, we have to encourage them to come to the masjid. We have to get their numbers and check on them and be in contact with them so that they can implement this advice of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu take advantage of your youth before your old age. The next matter mentioned was sihhatak qabla saqamik. And take advantage of your health before your sickness. Without a doubt, health is a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we all have heard the famous statement, health is wealth. And that's the true statement. This is a bounty and a blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Look what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, and this narration is on the authority of Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu an. And the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam called Ni'matan magbun fihima kathir min al-nas As-siha wal-faraag Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu anhi mentioned That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated that there are two blessings That the majority of the people or many of the people They're heedless And they overlook these two blessings And then he mentioned good health and free time. Two blessings that the majority of the people, most people overlook these blessings. And the first thing the Prophet ﷺ mentioned was good health. So it's important that when you are healthy and you are strong, take advantage of that health. Take advantage of that strength. Take advantage when you're, you have sound mind Because you never know What Allah may decree for you down the line And test you with Of 
sickness or health problems or ailments and other than that. How many of the people were in good health last year but they're not in good health this year? And the things that they were able to do last year, they're not able to do this year because of their health not being good. And another point, Barakallah Fikum, this directs us to the importance of taking care of your health in Al Islam. And this is an indication of Islam being a way of life that is a complete total way of life. Every aspect of life Islam addresses. So here we have the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam speaking about your physical health. This is not to be ignored. You don't just pray and worry about your soul and your heart from the spiritual aspect or the abstract aspect but we pay attention to the physical aspect of our lives. And for this reason you find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited certain behaviors and we have dietary laws to ensure and maintain our health. But due to the negligence Due to disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, individuals, they do not take care of their health. When you look at the prohibition of intoxicants in Al-Islam, one of the reasons why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited intoxicants is for the maintenance of your physical health. Because intoxicants destroy one's health Along with the maintenance of your mind state As intoxicants destroy the mind state of the individual Also we find The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Mentioning in a hadith SubhanAllah wa bihamdi That when the people indulge and open illegal sexual intercourse and they are lewd that Allah will send down upon them diseases that were not known to their forefathers so here we have in Islam the prohibition Allah says وَلَا zina," and do not go near illegal sexual intercourse don't go near it because it's a fahisha it's, it's an indecency it's an act of disobedience it's a major sin but also in leaving off zina, there is the protection of your health, your physical health. So you see how in Islam, the rules and regulations are there for a reason, as a protection uh, for you. As is mentioned by the ulama, that Islam has come to protect the five necessities. Your deen, your life, your intellect, your mind state, your, your wealth, and your honor and your lineage, those two go together. Five matters. Your deen, your life, your mind state, your wealth, and your honor and your lineage.
Islam has come to protect. And these are the five necessities of every human being. So we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has legislated legislations to protect these five matters. But it's the people who remove the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from themselves by disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Another point, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, take advantage of your richness before your poverty. In a time when Allah has blessed you with wealth, it is upon you to use your wealth for good. Use your wealth first and foremost in fulfilling the Islamic rights upon your wealth, like the payment of zakat, if you are a person who has to pay zakat. This is a pillar from the pillars of al-Islam. Also from the priorities that we spend, we spend upon ourselves and our families for that which is good, providing food, clothing, and shelter for those who we are responsible for. For the neglect of those whom are under our care, this is a major sin. The Prophet sallallahu said, it is sufficient as a sin that you, that a person neglects those who depend upon him. And was meant by that, it is sufficient as a sin to get you in a hellfire. That you neglect the people who depend upon you, who you're responsible for. A man came to the Prophet wasallam and mentioned how he had wealth. And the Prophet wasallam directed him to spend the wealth on himself. He said, I have more wealth. Spend it on your wife. Spend it on your child. Spend it on your relative. So this is the direction that was given by the Prophet wasallam as it relates to your wealth. That you must take care of yourself and you take care of your immediate family members. And likewise, using your wealth for the propagation of Islam, the building of masajid, the establishment of Islamic schooling, and other than that, institutions that will benefit the Muslims. And this will be considered for you, sadaqah jariyah, a continuous charity even when you're in your grave. As the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, إِذَا مَاتْ إِبْنُ آدَمْ إِنْقَطَعَ عَمَلُهُ إِلَّا مِنْ ثَلَاثِ صَدَقَةٍ جَارِيَةٍ وَإِلْمٍ يُنْتَفِعُ بِي وَوَلَدٍ صَالِحٍ يَدْعُ لَهُ That when the child of Adam dies, his deeds are cut off except from three things. A continuous charity, knowledge that is benefited from, and lastly, a righteous child that he leaves behind who makes dua for him while he's in his grave. These matters, barakallahu feekum, mentioned by the Prophet wasallam, are things that we should strive to attain, strive to do, strive to leave behind. 
so that when our actions are cut off because life has ended for us, there's something that's continuing for us even after our life on earth. And the first thing the Prophet mentioned, Sadaqah Jariyah, continuous charity. Using your wealth as an example, you build a well inside of a, a, a town. And the people benefit from that. You plant trees that bear fruit. People eat from that. You plant crops. You use your wealth to buy land and plant crops. And that's left behind after your death. The people benefit from it. Building the, mas the masajid. Donating masahif to the masjid. People read. Buying a carpet for the masjid. The people pray upon it with, with comfortability. And other than that. These are charities that you have left behind. That the people will continue to benefit from. Even after your death. And that reward will come to you. But it takes, an, it takes an intelligent person to use his wealth wisely. And this is the real investment. A lot of times we look online, you know, what's the newest stock that's out? And doing all of these type of researches so we can invest our money to make more money. But we neglect the aspect of investing for our hereafter. There's nothing wrong with Invest in your money in something that's going to be lucrative and halal. Alhamdulillah, this is a good thing. But don't forget about investing in your akhirah. Because in reality, and the Prophet ﷺ mentioned this, your wealth is only the wealth that you have spent. That's really your money. Ask for the money you have in the bank, the money you have hidden upstairs in the attic, the money you got in the mattress, all that money... That's not your money. Because when you die, who gets the money? Your relatives. It goes to them. They inherit the money. But what you spend for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that good deed is stored away for you. It's there. So that's your investment. It doesn't go anywhere. As long as you don't invalidate your actions. But the money you physically, the physical money you save, that's really not your money. That's the money of your inheritance. That is the money of your And the Prophet ﷺ clarified this. And he mentioned in another narration, يَتْبَعُ الْمَيِّتْ Three things follow a dead person, and it's who is grave. أَهْلُهُ وَمَالُهُ وَعَمَلُهُ فَيَارِجُ Two go back and one remains. His money or his family and money, they go back. Can't take that with you in, in your grave. And his actions remain with him in the grave. That's the real investment. The true investment, the lasting investment. As for the investments that we make in the life of this world, in this lucrative and halal, yes, because we, in Islam we're not allowed to waste money. So before we go into an investment, it's upon us to study what we're going to put our money into and to do our best to make sure that this is something that is foolproof. Yes, and make money so that, the, and the Prophet said, it is better that you leave your family members 
financially stable, meaning after your death, then leaving them poor and they have to go to the people and beg. So yes, we, we strive to earn a living here, to make money, to leave behind for our families. But don't forget, what are you sending for? For your akhirah as it relates to your wealth. How much money have we wasted and none of it is connected to our hereafter or the investment for the hereafter. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said how blessed is the wealth of a righteous man. Meaning a man who is righteous, his wealth is a ni'mah. Because he's going to use that wealth in a manner that's pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said take advantage of your wealth before your poverty. Then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, وَفَرَاغَ قَبْلَ Take advantage of your free time before becoming preoccupied. And in the earlier narration that we mentioned, free time is one of those blessings that the majority of the people, they overlook. Going back to the narration, نِعْمَتَان مَغْبُونَ فِيهِمَا كَثِيرٌ مِنَ النَّاسِ السُّحَى وَالْفَرَاغَ There are two blessings that many of the people, I mean the majority of the people, they're heedless of, they overlook these two blessings. They don't have concern for these two blessings. They don't take advantage of these two blessings. This is all what is intended here. Good health and free time. That which shows the importance of time is the statement of Allah Azza wa Jal wal Asr. Allah, He swore by the time. And we know that whenever Allah swears by something, it's due to the importance of that thing, or the benefit of that thing, or the relevance and significance of that thing. Allah, He swears by the time. Some scholars say Allah is swearing by Salatul Asr itself. Which is an indication of how important Salatul Asr is. As there is a narration where the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that whoever misses Salatul Asr, then it is like he has lost all of his family and all of his wealth. Or another narration, his deeds are invalidated. So be careful with missing Salatul Asr intentionally. That your deeds for the day will be wiped out for missing Salatul Asr intentionally. Or it's like you have lost, can you imagine losing everything, all of your family, all of your wealth, how devastated you would be? This is the example that the Prophet ﷺ gave as it relates to the person who intentionally misses Salat al-Asr. So some of the ulama, they say, when Allah Azza wa Jal, He said, Wal Asr, He's talking about Salat al-Asr. Other scholars say, rather Allah is speaking about time in general. And that includes Salat al-Asr because time is that which your deeds take place in and the events happening. in. And time is something that is very important in the life of the Muslim. So Allah says, by the time indeed all of mankind is in loss. All of mankind is destined to be ruined. Is on the path of destruction. But then Allah, He makes an exception. And He mentions four characteristics. 
And these four characteristics, every last one of us, we have to adorn ourselves with these four characteristics. Number one, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Except for those who believe. We have to have iman. But there is no iman without knowledge. There is no iman without ilm. You have to learn first, you have to know first, before you can believe. What was the first thing Allah revealed to the Prophet? Iqra, read. An indication of the importance of having knowledge before anything. Knowledge precedes statement and actions. And your iman is the statement of your heart. So if you are ignorant, you cannot properly believe. So Allah mentions, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا That's number one. وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ And do righteous actions. That's number two. Along with your faith and your knowledge, base faith, you have to have good deeds. It's not enough to say Iman is in my heart. For sure, if Iman was truly in the heart of an individual, and the person's heart is righteous, then that will be manifested in the person's speech and in the person's actions. And not just saying that a person has faith. And this goes back to the statement of the Prophet kullu. وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّ أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم That there is a morsel of flesh in the body If this morsel of flesh is sound, then the whole body will be sound But if this morsel of flesh is corrupted, then the whole body will be corrupted And indeed it is the heart So a person doing sins and doing evil And then coming with the excuse, Iman is in my heart This is not an excuse for disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rather, this is an indication that there is a weakness in the person's faith. Because if the person's faith was truly strong, then the individual would not be indulging in those activities of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because the strength of his iman will prevent him from indulging in those things. This is why the Prophet, he says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَا يَزْنِي أَزَّانِي حِينَ يَزْنِي وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ وَلَا يَسْرِقُ أَسَّارِقْ حِينَ يَسْرِقُ وَهُوَ مُؤْمِنٌ That the one who commits zina, he's not a believer at the time he commits zina. And the one who steals, he, he's not a believer at the time of stealing. And the one who drinks khamr, he's not a believer at the time of him drinking khamr. What does this mean that he's not a believer? That he has left the fold of Islam in entirety, he has become a disbeliever, he has to take his shahada over? No, it doesn't mean that. Rather, what is intended by the statement of the Prophet ﷺ is that when a person is indulging in these acts of disobedience, these major sins, his iman is not complete. His iman is not strong. He's not a complete believer at the time of doing these acts of disobedience. He's not a strong believer at the time he's doing these acts of disobedience. And not that he has left the fold of Al-Islam. That's not the understanding of this narration. And what did the Prophet ﷺ mention as it relates to the strong believer and the weak believer? Al-Mu'min Al-Qawi خَيْرٌ وَأَحَبُّ إِلَى اللَّهِ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنَ الضَّعِيفِ وَفِي كُلٍ خَيْرٍ That the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer, but in both of them there is good. So it's a must that there be righteous actions. 
And those who encourage one another with the truth and those who encourage one another with patience. These are the four characteristics which will save a person from being destroyed as Allah swore by the time. The Prophet he mentioned, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, لا تزول قدم بني آدم يوم القيامة من عند ربه حتى يسأل عن خمس that the two feet of the child of Adam will not move from within the presence of his Lord until he is questioned about five things. Every one of us will be questioned on the day of judgment about five things, which is an indication that we are responsible for these five matters while we are alive. Number one, an umrihi fima afnahu. He will be questioned about his life. How did he live? وَعَنْ شَبَابِهِ فِيمَا أَبْلَاهُ And he'll be questioned about his youth. How did he spend his youth? And here's a, an important point here. Your youth is from your life. But the Prophet ﷺ mentioned youth by itself to put emphasis on the importance of taking advantage of your youth. وَمَالِهِ مِنْ أَيْنَ اكْتَسَبَهُ وَفِيمَا أَنْفَقَهُ And the person will be asked about his wealth. The person will be asked about his money. Where did he earn his money from and how did he spend it? So brothers, we have to be very careful as it relates to how we earn our wealth. And don't have this understanding where we in America, everything goes. Everything, Allah is the Lord of America. You still have to earn a halal living even in America. Being in America is not a justification for you to just indulge in the haram and earn haram money. Brothers, get rid of that lotto that's in your stores. Stop selling beer. Stop doing this stuff. How long are you going to continue to feed your family from this haram money? The Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned that there will come a time upon the people that a person will not care where he get his money from, whether it's from the halal or from the haram. And unfortunately, we have some Muslims, this is their mentality. They don't care where they get their wealth from, whether it is from the halal or from the haram. However, with Allah, it means something. With Allah, as a wajal, there is importance. Because the one who, there's a statement from the Prophet ﷺ, and the meaning is, the flesh that is nourished from the haram, will enter into the fire. Be, be, be patient, be patient. Be patient, inshallah. Be patient, inshallah. Perhaps it may be addressed from the statements of Allah, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. No, I was trying to talk about the taxi driver. We have to fear Allah. The, the, the two men kissing is haram for sure. <laughs> Let me finish, inshallah. <laughs> Allah help us. But a man or the person, and this includes the woman, the women are not excluded from this, as the Prophet mentioned, an nisa shaka'iqur rijal, that the women are the twin halves of men. And what this statement of the Prophet means is that everything that goes for the man goes for the woman, generally. Except in the case when there is a specific text to show that something is specifically for the men or something is specifically for the woman. So the women themselves, they also have to be mindful 
how they earn their wealth and everything else that was mentioned in this narration. So the person will be asked about his wealth and he'll be asked about how he spent the wealth. And then lastly, وَمَاذَا amila fima alima. And the person will be asked about what did he do with the knowledge that he learned. Very important. The last thing mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Take advantage of your life before your death. It is important, barakallah fikum, that we strive with our utmost striving while we have life, before death comes to one of us. It's upon us to put forth all of the good that we have the ability to put forward. The Prophet and I'm going to end on this as we're nearing the time to break fast. The Prophet walked by a grave and he said, He said, Two raka'as of prayer is more beloved to this man in his grave than the world and everything that is in it. Meaning, if only the person could come back to life just to pray two raka'as. That will be more beloved to him than the entire dunya, all of the riches in the world. And how many times have we let the opportunity go by where we could have prayed two extra raka and we don't do it? Brothers, take advantage of your life before your death, as well as our sisters. And may Allah bless you in this noble month of Ramadan to do good in whatever is correct. And the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. وَسُبْحَانَكَ اللَّهُمَّ وَبِحَمْدِكَ أَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَا أَنْتَ أَسْتَغْفِرُكُمْ وَأَتُوبُ إ